and welcome to The Best Is Yet To Come. My name is Josh, and I am joined by Michael Rubenstein, as always. And today we're going to be talking about the Nets' first game of the season, which was uh, not so great. For those of you who have probably uh, dealt with uh, all of the um, tweets and confusion from rotations and poor play since Tuesday, yes, the Nets lost. They lost by 23 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, yeah, Mike and I, we got a bunch of thoughts about it. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about fantasy basketball because you and I, we started our season again this week. And uh, I am the reigning champ. like to gloat about that. Still gloating about it. But we play each other every year. We play each other the first week of the year. And you think it's some sort of, like, uh, algorithm problem? It's, yeah, it's definitely something with Yahoo as an app because every – both football and basketball. So for a few a couple of years now, it's been me versus you in basketball, and you just joined our football league, but you took over for Pat. Yeah. And every year I would play Pat week one, like without fail, every single week. So it's definitely not an accident. Um, but it's kind of cool that it's in both leagues now, me and you, week one. It's like a thing. It's an it's in a thing. It's an annual thing now. Every 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 year we're gonna have to do some sort of like first week celebration for this. But so talking about fantasy this year, the only guy I ran back with from my my uh, championship year was Embiid, who may or may not be the reason why I either win or come in last because you know how he doesn't play every other game. And last year was very weird. It was great for fantasy because they played so many games in one week. So like from your best players, you would get like great stats because they would like even if they were hurt a game, they would still play three. This year, a little different. Not so sure. Who are some of the guys in your team that you're really looking forward to? I'm pretty pumped I got Durant. I thought I was going to miss out on him. And whoever picked before me, I think it was Greg, took Lillard. And I was very happy because I didn't want Lillard. I love oh. Lillard. He's actually one of my favorite players. But he's inefficient and tends to get hurt at some point in the season uh, when you need him the most in fantasy. Yeah, like in March. So, always in like March. Yeah, so I was pretty pumped I got Durant. He puts up all the numbers. Normally, okay, so I got to vent for a minute. <laughs> I picked my team solely based on free throw percentage. Like, every right. pick I made, I was looking for who shoots a good free throw percentage, except LeBron. I had to pick LeBron in the third round. I couldn't pass him up. But Durant was horrible from the free throw line. and I was with three John. free throws. I, I hung out with John that night because I was going to try to help him out uh, drafting because he's brand new to the league. And I told John, if it's between Durant and Giannis, I'm picking Durant because of the free throw percentage. You know what Giannis <laughs> shot from the free throw line? What, like eight for he eight? Was, he was seven for nine. Oh. And Kevin Durant was three for six. So what the hell? I know it's not going to last, but that was very annoying uh, to start out the season. Now, Durant had 32 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Like, great. But I can't believe he missed free throws. DeMar DeRozan missed two free throws. Like, DeMar DeRozan shot, like, also does free throws. Yeah, he did. No, I Look, those. I had DeMar DeRozan last year. He was fantastic for me. Um, a guy I had last year, I was just curious because I really wanted him this year, but I kind of gave up on it, was Jonas Valanciunas. In the last second, I didn't pick him. I, I picked some other one. And I looked at his first game stats. He he went three for 19. Oh, he's on the Pelicans now, right? Yeah. How the hell yeah. did they let him shoot 16 shots after, like, the first <laughs> 10 that he missed? I was like, okay, no more shots, Jonas. You, you're going to have to stop today. No, I got I got six more in me. Don't worry. Give me six more tries. Yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's horrific. Anyway, 
We'll move on, but yeah, I'm excited for fantasy to be back. It's it's what keeps me informed the most, I think, about all the players in the league. Because I like to watch the games, but I don't get to watch all of them. I actually didn't really get to watch any of the games last night. So we'll talk about those a little bit, too. I know you guys are watching that double OT Knicks game. Uh, but let's talk about the Nets game. So I uh, split my thoughts into a bunch of different categories here. Got a little bit of bad, a little bit of good, uh, weird frustrating and sad and i'm going to start with sad <laughs> but it's a sad but grateful so before the game the bucks have their ring ceremony and it was like this theatrical experience mike it was like they had like the epic like gladiator titanic music playing the whole time and like the bucks they have these white jackets with like gold trim it's a sport of like a special like only the game, the, the first game after a championship, like that's the only time they get to wear it probably. And it's gorgeous. They look like they just got back from space. And their rings, they have these huge rings, Mike, and they're actually in two pieces. The top part you can take off and inside it, there's a QR code. I don't know what, I forget what it's for, but that just sounds like something that will get lost and will be like a $20,000 payday for someone on the street of Milwaukee someday, you know, like Bobby Portis is going to lose like half his ring and, uh, you know, some random guy's going to make a lot of money so off it. The, uh, the QR code plays the season highlights. Oh, so okay. They must have some kind of video package ready that if you were to scan, it would show highlights from the season. <laughs> That's cool. That's pretty nice. But overall, I mean, just watching Giannis and watching him like get to gloat in all his glory and knowing the nets were there it was so heartbreaking knowing that that's how it feels to just watch your team like celebrate that first game back after a championship. I really hope that's what we're doing a year from today. But man, it was cool. Now, now let's move on to the good. Patty Mills. Patty Mills took seven shots. They were all from behind the line, all from behind the three line, and he made them all. <laughs> he went seven for seven. What an unbelievable first game as a net. Mike, we've talked a lot before this season about Patty Mills. We're going to continue talking about him. But sure, the Nets lost. But that's that's pretty promising that he's just going to come in and hit all of his threes. Yeah, I mean, that's what Patty Mills does is hit open shots. And that's all he needs to do because with Harden and Durant uh, creating space for everyone else, like if he hits two threes that Joe Harris missed in – you know, game seven, the Nets might go on to win the championship. So Patty Mills, as a knockdown shooter, is as good as they get. Spot up, like, he doesn't have to create his own offense, just hang out, hit threes when he has to, uh, and try his best on defense. I still have issues with him mm. as a defender, but, yeah. He's, he's I mean, tinier. He he looked tinier. I know, I know yeah. the Bucks are, like, tree-sized, no, he, but small, he looked tinier than most guys. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize how tiny he was. So that's yeah. tough on defense. Yeah, but seven then, for seven, like. You seven for seven. That's amazing. No, that's amazing. And he also made an awesome no-look pass to Claxton. I don't know if you saw that highlight or if you got to catch that part of the game. He, like, was driving through the middle. It looked like he was looking towards, like, the three spot, like where Joe Harris would stand in the corner. And then he just did, like, this over-the-head uh, pass to Claxton in, in, the, in the paint. It was really great. So that was cool. But speaking of Claxton, this is the bad. Uh, Claxton was fucking terrible. And he got the start. So you see his name on the starting list. You're like, oh, boy, he must have had some sort of really great come up that we've all been waiting for this summer. You know, like Claxton, 
He's finally made himself like game day, game one starter for this team. And he looked terrible. I mean, yeah, you're playing against Giannis. You're playing against like two-time MVP. So you're going to look terrible against him. But he didn't also, he didn't just get like stuffed by Giannis and like miss a bunch of layups, drop the ball a bunch. He looked gassed. He couldn't. He didn't even get back on defense. They were like talking about it in the like the announcers. Ian Eagle and Stan Van Gundy were talking about it, how Claxton wasn't even getting back on defense because he was so either tired or frustrated or both. I I don't know. It's, do you uh, think Claxton? And, yeah. Do um, you think he's ready for this? Do you think he should still be like a bench warmer for now? I think with the cast of veterans the Nets have between Aldridge, Millsap, and um, Griffin, I think you got to kind of give Claxton as many minutes as you can early on. Um, you can't count on those old guys for the length of a season. So you got to lean on Claxton a little bit. Hopefully he makes some progress. Maybe he's just not in perfect condition. It's the first game. Guys do come in sometimes a little winded. Uh, and he was playing against arguably the best player, uh, not named Kevin Durant in the league. So I'm going to try to cut him some slack and hope he uh, bounces back. But I think he was just clearly outmatched. And the Nets probably just need to do a better job of putting him in positions to succeed because he's not a shooter. Um, he's kind of limited on offense with pick and roll situations and maybe putback situations. So maybe the Nets just have to kind of scheme up something better for him. And defensively, I think he's actually better against small guys than big guys because of his length and quickness. So maybe he's just going to struggle against dominant bigs. And if that's the case, Maybe Aldridge has to get in better shape so he can hang with the bigs and then yeah. Claxton can hang out with the wings. I think I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, watching too many like Brooklyn Nets Instagram highlights because they definitely made them all look like they were in great shape. Mm-hmm. And they, they, <laughs> they, they, they keep posting – I, I forget who it is. I think it's like Christian Winfield, one of the Nets beat writers, keeps posting about how LaMarcus Aldridge is always the last guy in the uh, – the last guy to leave practice. And I'm like, oh wow, good for good for LA, good for him, man. No, he looked beat. <laughs> he looked really like he looked kind of washed a little bit. He couldn't yeah, like he, catch bounce he only, passes. He only played 16 minutes. Like that's that's not very good. Look, all right. So the next thing I want to talk about is the weird, which is the experimental rotations that they tried. And I get it. And I think actually Nash today was asked about this because a lot of fans like us were very frustrated by the fact that Bruce Brown played. Garbage time and garbage time only. And today Nash said, Bruce is going to have to be patient. We know if we need competitiveness, combativeness, and energy, we know we got that in Bruce. He's definitely going to play for us. Right now we're looking at exploring some other things until we understand what we have. Okay. So I understand that. But when you've gotten, what, 19 minutes from Javon Carter, he shoots the ball three times and misses all of his shots. I think we already. I think the experiment's over. Like, do, do we need to do? Do we need to do that a couple more times? Like, how many more times are we gonna do that? Yeah. So here's my thing with what Nash is saying, and this goes back to something that happened at the end of last season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is maybe the Nets didn't want to show the Bucks what they have. Mm. Maybe they don't want the Bucks to have film on them. Um, it seems like the Nets, when they play games where they're not sure they're gonna win, they're just gonna be like, let's just test something out. Versus if they had played, you know. Um, Magic. The Raptors yesterday. Maybe they would have had Bruce Brown in there flying around and trying to 
play his best. I don't know. I could be speculating, but it seems like that was something that definitely was uh, on the table last season. And I wouldn't be surprised if game one, you know, new season against the defending champs, maybe the Nets were just like, eh, like whatever. If if Durant <laughs> goes out and he's is on fire and can carry us, great. Uh, maybe maybe Harden will carry the team, but like maybe we don't show our cards. So yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be optimistic in that way because Bruce Brown playing nothing but garbage time is to me like a fireable offense. Like, come on. Yeah, that's the guy. The guy resigned for like nothing to be on this team, and you're gonna sit him in game one against the the team that sent us home. That's ridiculous. It was dumb. I, I think that it was dumb for not only just the reasons of like the Nets would have been better with him, but I think you have to be like deaf and blind to not know that. And I actually think a deaf and blind person would know this too, that Bruce is a fan favorite. He, everyone likes him. Everyone wants to root for him. Whether they're losing by 50, they could be losing by 100 points. You're rooting for Bruce when he's on the court because he puts his all in every play. He's tenacious. He's got grit. And so I'm watching this game go, and, and you know the Nets just, just couldn't, they couldn't fill that gap. They were always losing by, like, 12 points. They would, like, whittle it down to 6, but then it would go back up to 11. Then it would go as high as, like, 19. Then it would go back to 11. And it was they were never really that close. And I'm like, you know, this game is not that fun to watch right now. I know the Nets are going to probably lose. I would have really loved to watch Bruce just run around, like, maybe get a steal or two. You know, we've seen it happen. Like, he's completely changed games with his, like, quick steals and momentum shifts. Damn, like everyone knows that. Everyone looks for that in Bruce, and we didn't get that. I really hope he plays tomorrow against the Sixers because uh, I can't deal with another game without him. Love him too much. Right, Mike? I, um, oh, oh, I love Bruce Brown. Cue, cue Rick <laughs> playing the banjo music here. Um, my only other thought about that situation is maybe there's something with Nash or something like who doesn't quite believe in the acquisitions they made, like Javion Carter or – uh, mm. what's his name? Bembry or Bem? I, I can't. Andre Bembry. I don't even know yeah. if he got a single minute yesterday. Yeah. Maybe he got like two or three minutes at the end. I didn't see so, him during the regular. So like maybe Nash was like, "Hey, let's throw them out there and like let's see right now if they can actually play for this team." Um, because we saw in the playoffs last year, how many guys did we talk about all last season, and then they didn't show up? Like they didn't get any time in the playoffs. So right. maybe Nash is trying to find out quickly, like who can we trust, who can we actually play in the playoffs, or. You know, come trade deadline, who do we need to actually get out of here? That's my only other theory about what Nash might be doing is kind Smart. of testing testing the new guys if if they can play. Because we know that's... Bruce Brown can play in the playoffs. We want him there in the playoffs. So he doesn't have to really prove anything. That being said, the Nets should still try to be win, trying to win games. Um, but, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens against the Sixers. You, you, that's a really good point. I think you're right. Um, oh, I think you have a good point. I just I, I just hope that they don't do this for too long because if it come December they're still like oh we're figuring out our rotations like oh, we don't know we got all these new guys it's like no we we went through that last year every week Nash talking about how the rotations were new and how they didn't really know how guys were gonna play I understood because they they had like 15 different like rotations and like 12 different starting lineups so I understood last year but this year it's like most of the guys should know what they're getting into. I don't know. Millsap didn't look that great. Lamarcus Aldridge didn't look that great. His hands, he just couldn't hold on to the ball. Glax looked bad. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Javon Carter took three shots, missed them all. Played 19 minutes. 
Didn't do anything. So, man, we need Bruce. Now, um, I guess, I don't know. There's really not much else to say. <laughs> when it comes to the, the this, like, rivalry, I guess, now with the Bucks, I'm a little down on it. I don't really know if the Nets can compete at the level they're at right now. The Bucks look like the same team that just won the championship. They they have not like skipped a beat. In fact, they might have gotten better. Giannis is hitting threes. They got this Nuora guy who like Drew Holiday goes down with a heel contusion mid game. They they fill in Nuora. Nuora is like hitting threes. He's changing the pace. They got Grayson Allen now hitting threes from the side. I just really like their team and. I don't know if the Nets maybe need to make more adjustments um, to just for this team. I really do. I think that everyone in the East should be making adjustments for the, the Bucks at this point. Yeah, night in and night out. The the Bucks have proven for now four years in a row that regular season matters to them. They're going to come out every night and try to win the game. Um, and now that they proved it in the playoffs, they're a scary team. And the Nets have to figure something out to step up because they have size, they have shooting. And Giannis is just dominant, and he does look like he's even getting better. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough uh, matchup if they do meet in the playoffs. Hopefully, someone else takes them out. <laughs> like I really, the Miami yeah, that, Heat. <laughs> Maybe yeah, the Heat. Like the Miami Heat. Yeah. We're playing tonight against them. Hopefully, uh, the new uh, acquisition of Kyle Lowry changes things. Um, Rick, unfortunately, is not here with us tonight. He uh, he is incapacitated with a throat cold, I believe. But, um. He wants us to hate on Kyrie. What can we say that would make anything better for us right now about Kyrie? I, I really feel like there's nothing to say. Um, I drafted him. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I am counting on him coming back sooner than later because oh. I thought he might be IL eligible, and he is not. And anyone who plays fantasy basketball knows you can't just have a guy riding the bench in fantasy basketball like you could in football because you need games played <laughs> any mm-hmm. stat is a good stat except for turnovers obviously but um i don't know how long i can stash him if i you know drop a couple six threes early in the season i'm gonna have to drop him and then like i just know as soon as i drop him he's coming back so <laughs> i need something to change i need Kyrie to like be like hey i'm losing too much money by doing this thing that's you know not even really a good justified reason to i don't know stand up for what he's standing up for so hopefully he gets back out there when he's maybe, you know what? Maybe Steve Nash is tanking so that Kyrie will <laughs> want to come back. We didn't talk about that theory. <laughs> that's, that's real. That's like some chemtrails yeah. kind of bullshit. I, I don't think but, so. <laughs> but also Kyrie was like, he was spotted like playing like pickup football. Yeah. So like, yeah. The guy's out here like doing stuff that he could like, could get injured doing instead of just getting a vaccination and playing for a championship contending team. It's very frustrating. Did well, you see look, Magic Johnson's quote? What did he say? He always Magic says Johnson. the most obvious thing, so he I imagine it's that. Yeah, he basically was like, I would never do that to my teammates. Like, if we were fighting for a championship, I don't care, like, what I believed. I wouldn't do that to my teammates. And, like, that seems so obvious. Like, yeah, the, it's such the, the easy thing to just, you know, do your part and live up to your contractual and like, I don't know, personal obligations to your teammates. It's very frustrating. And hopefully he comes back very soon. 
it's very contradicting his his stance of like um you know what he believes in yes i we all understand what you believe in Kyrie, but you know you've often talked about how you're such a team player and 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 nets have discussed how Kyrie's a good teammate in the locker room you would imagine that that would translate to him being like no you know i need to do this for my team and honestly i need to do this for myself because it would protect me but no, look, we're not going to talk about Kyrie much on this pod until he gets vaccinated because, frankly, it doesn't change anything for this team. And uh, we're going to take that stance from now on, I guess. Um, and besides, it's not even the biggest train wreck in the NBA, so why even talk about it? The biggest train wreck is still Ben Simmons. Since we, <laughs> since we talked yes. last week, since we talked last week, Ben Simmons has literally like been pouting at practices so much that Doc Rivers has to kick him out of practice. For not even, like, he's just showing up, not wanting to do drills. Doc's like, you're going to do the drill? He's like, no. It's like, okay, you can go home then. And then he just, like, fucking walks out. What is going on with Ben Simmons? He's, like, not – in a completely different, unique way, Ben Simmons is tanking his future prospects by being such a brat. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons is broken, and <laughs> I don't know who wants to fix him because he's showing that, one – He's not a good teammate. No. Two, he's mentally soft. And mm-hmm. three, he's not willing to put in the work to get better. Like, I think, um, what's his name? Jason Kelsey on the Eagles today. Did you see yeah. what he said? He I was did. like, dude, just, just play better and the city will love you. And that it's really that simple. And Ben Simmons is a big crybaby. Um, got thrown out of practice. He, uh, Chez actually sent me a post that he just put his New Jersey home on the market. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's bad. Like I'd rather be dealing with the Kyrie situation than the Ben Simmons situation. So, um, sympathy to the Sixers fans, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's bad. I've been I I follow a couple people from Philly, of course, because I live there, and uh, I saw some posts. They've got like pictures of of Ben with like the clown nose and the clown hair and their windows and stuff. It's yeah, it's like the last city on the planet that you want to hate you. So yeah. I just – I don't even know. Like, he, he ends up going to another team, which he will, and he comes back to Philly. I think they should just leave him home. Like, they should – he should never play a game in Philly again. Road oh, yeah. or home. Yeah. Like Kyrie <laughs> like, was avoiding Boston. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you see um the highlight while well, the Pelicans fans during a free throw? The Pelicans were getting destroyed by the Sixers. But the fans were chanting, where's Ben Simmons? <laughs> like, that's hilarious as you're getting blown out to troll your opponent like that. <laughs> that is pretty bad. But, you know, shit, man. Like, the Sixers should be good still. Even without him, they should at least, like, be comp- contending for a playoff uh, spot. But it total the vibe, I can't imagine, like, how it is to deal with that right now. Uh, speaking of the Sixers, they, the Nets are playing them tomorrow. And... Um, and Bede is questionable right now, as he is questionable before every big game. That's like like some fun little game he likes to play with himself, is to, to put himself on like the possible IL just uh, for shits and gigs. Um, but what do you think about this uh, game in Philadelphia tomorrow? You think the Nets are going to come back stronger? or It's another big man as their focal point, so Clack's yeah. got to step up. It's obviously not a must-win game because the NBA is 82 games long. But it's a statement game early in the season after losing to the Bucks the way they lost. Um, if they lose, you know, so so be it. But they can't lose the way they lost to the Bucks. They've got to at least, like, have a lead 
or be back and forth lead changes they can't lose the entire game and not make a comeback because that's like last year the thing that made the Nets so special was no matter when they were losing you always had that hope that they were going to make the run and a lot of times they did yeah so I don't want to start the season with back-to-back games of falling behind and not making a comeback because that's what's going to cause a lot of issues and a lot of turmoil a lot of changes like as um like knee-jerk reactions so as long as it's not that situation you know, I'll take what we can get, even if it's a loss. But I expect them to win, honestly. Like, if you said pick a game, bet on it, um, I'd pick the Nets to win against the Sixers. I think they can do it. Uh, I don't think that Kevin Durant played the Sixers last year. Oh, I didn't know that. If you're thinking correctly, the first time they played, he was hurt. The second time they played, he was hurt. I don't know if Durant actually played the Sixers. Yeah, I don't know. I know the one time that so the Nets played them three times last year. They won the first one with no one. It was like Joe Harris hit like eight threes or something, and that's why they won. And then the second game, they the, the second and third game they lost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, Furkan Korkmaz doesn't uh, light it up like he did uh, yesterday. A bunch of games in the association last night. Actually, the best game, the one that everyone was talking about the most, was the Knicks Celtics double OT in MSG. Uh, pretty cool. That's a great game to start the the season with for the Knicks. And I'm I'm, I'm rooting for Randall extra hard this year. He's on my fantasy team. Um, do you think these Do you think these new acquisitions of Kemba Walker and, and Fournier are actually going to translate to something good, or is this just like a flash in the pan? So here's what I said a couple of days before their first game. Um, I was talking. I don't like Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is on my certified loser list just because he yeah yeah he's, he's he played his entire career on the Hornets and did nothing and then went to the Celtics and did nothing. He's inefficient. He doesn't play defense. I don't like the Kemba Walker signing. Fournier I like. Fournier is a big-ish guard. He hits shots. He played the Nets really well in last year's playoffs, and mm-hmm. he played really well for his national team. He's got a confidence about him. He's got a physicality about him. I like Fournier a lot. I think he will fit in very well for the Knicks. Kemba Walker, not a fan of. And the play where the Celtics tied the game at the buzzer with Marcus Smart hitting a three in regulation, Kemba Walker like fell for like a pump fake pass in the paint when they were up by three. What are you mm. doing? <laughs> like That's such a dumb play. And whoever the commentator was, I forget, um, if it was Van Gundy or someone, like called him out on it. Like That's just bad IQ. And I'm glad they took him out in the second overtime. They had to rest him anyway because he's got knee issues. But, like, Derrick Rose is a much better closing option for me than Kemba Walker. Um, So that's where I'm at with the Knicks. I think they do look good. They're going to build on last year. Randall is going to probably bounce back from his horrible playoff performance. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's healthy. Mm. Uh, They got a lot of guys, and I think the Knicks could be pretty good. Um, Yeah. But, Shout out Dean, man. Yeah. I, I really hope the Knicks, uh, you know, carry that uh, momentum they had from last year. I, Randall is an interesting player. He's he's really like a a tank of a of a guy, and he, you know he really takes over whenever he wants. And they just he has he has this unique relationship with his team, kind of a a KD sort of thing where. If he wanted to do ISO ball 10 plays in a row, he could do it. Like they would just be like, okay, we're running 10 ISOs for Julius Randle <laughs> yeah. uh, for the next for the next two to three minutes, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's okay. And he would probably do well with those. 
He's not really like a, a pass-first player, Randall. I, all the best highlights I've seen of him, he's just like uh, edging out a defender. So I hope that translates well for my fantasy team. But yeah, sure for the net, the Knicks too. That, that's, I hope they uh, get some wins out of him. Now, uh, any other uh, games from yesterday that you wanted to harp on? Not from not from yesterday, but I would like to just briefly talk about the Warriors Lakers game from Tuesday. Okay. Because um, the Lakers are like. These new look Lakers, they've got all these future Hall of Famers. But <laughs> I know why you want to talk about it. Is fucking Russ Westbrook was terrible? <laughs> I actually wasn't even going to mention that, but now that you have, I have the box score up here. <laughs> he was 4 for 13, minus 23 in the plus minus. But that's not what I was going to say. I was going to just talk about how the Lakers, with all their big names and future Hall of Famers, they are old, and that's a fair criticism. And when they play teams like the Warriors or like the young teams like the Grizzlies or even like the Kings, they're going to get into these runs where the other team is running up and down the court, shooting and going for layups and dunks. And the Lakers aren't going to want to defend that. And I saw little glimpses of it against the Warriors. I didn't say up to watch the whole game, but at some point the Lakers will is going to break a little bit and they're not going to be able to defend these teams. And that's a big issue over the long course of a season. Now in the playoffs, when the game slows down, maybe not when it's not every other, you know, if if they have a game, a night off in between games or two nights off, maybe they'll have the energy. But I've seen it before from old teams that like try to throw a bunch of veterans together and they're going to be very vulnerable to, to young teams. And the Warriors are a pretty young team minus like Draymond Curry and uh, Iguodala. Like the rest of them were flying up and down, shooting shots. So I think the Lakers are going to be in for quite an interesting season. Yeah. They got Russ for some sort of insurance for the t- the times when LeBron is not really, you know, he's not trying to exert himself too much, he's trying to save himself. And probably for the days that Anthony Davis gets hurt, whenever that is. Because <laughs> Russ can always put on the Russell Westbrook show, and he can go and get 25 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists or something. And you can win a game that way. A couple, you know, games in February are going to be won that way probably. But if this is the lineup they're going to be showing us in the playoffs, and Russ is going to be playing this inefficiently, alongside LeBron, alongside Davis, that's a problem. And yeah. so the problems are not going to be probably showing their, their head too much. It, only probably in these like marquee games, like on Christmas Day, whoever the Lakers end up playing on Christmas, like you're going to see like Russ just like shoot like five for twenty. But you know, he's going to be good for them in, like, February, getting his, like, insane triple-doubles. I just hope that, you know, kind of what you were pointing at, that uh, their their health kind of holds up and they're able to keep up with these younger teams. There's a lot of young teams in the league. There's a lot of run-and-gun teams. These Charlotte Hornets looked great. They are fast as hell. The uh, the Bulls got a little feistier. They're, they're quicker now. The Cleveland Cavaliers are not terrible, even though they lost, I think. Uh, or no, they won. I think they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not sure. They look really good. I liked what I saw from Mobley. There's a lot of young players in the league now who are like coming into their own, second-year, third-year players. I don't know. Hopefully these Lakers can keep up. Nah. I, nah, fuck them. No, not. I'm not, no, I'm not rooting for them. I want to <laughs> see them. Remember when the Lakers had Steve Nash, Kobe, and Dwight Howard? Yeah. Like This, this team reminds me of that a little bit. Now, obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis are still – it, like in their uh, LeBron is still kind of in his prime, I guess. Like longevity wise, he won't do it for 82 games, but LeBron's skill set is still there. 
So they're better than the Dwight Howard and Kobe and Nash were at that time. But this reminds me of that, where they just mm-hmm. like threw together some names at the end of their career, and they're just going to hope it works. So did the final uh, the final 25 guys come out today for yes. the 75 list? Yes. So that is what I wanted to talk to you about as a, a live reaction. It just came out. Oh, wow. So I want to read to you some of the names from our era growing up that made the list. And then really quick, there was a, uh, a tweet that went out of who's the biggest snub. And there's four options. So I'll ask you about your opinion. But okay. just for you and for our listeners, we've got Ray Allen. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Giannis is already on this list, which I can see why, but like he's still got a lot of basketball left. I don't know. He re- he retires tomorrow. He's going to the hall. Yeah, probably. He's got two, two MVPs. Time, two MVPs. Of the year. Yeah. Defensive champion, player of the year, champion. MVP. That's all you need. So we got Melo, fair. Kobe, uh, Curry, Anthony Davis, Tim Duncan, Durant, Garnett, Harden, Iverson. LeBron, Jason Kidd, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, which I I understand, but like he doesn't have many accomplishments. <laughs> um, skill wise, like I could see why he's there, but um, out of probably all the names, the, I've probably read so the far, least accomplished. Yeah, yeah, like he might be number seventy five on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love him. One of my favorite players, as yeah. I said earlier. But same time, Reggie Miller. Um, I actually the um. They had like a live reaction of him making the list on the TNT pregame that I want to watch when we're done recording here. Um, Nash, Nowitzki, Shaq, Chris Paul, Paul Pierce, um, Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, and that's it. So okay. I think all of those names like are worthy of those spots. Um, so here is the question for you. of Out of these four, who's the biggest snub? From the team, and I know as soon as I say this name, Rick, if he listens to this at some point, is going to lose his mind. Kyrie. <laughs> okay. A lot of people were saying Kyrie should be on this list because it's just the skill set alone. Hit the big shot in the game seven of the finals. Uh, great player, obviously, but a headache. Um, yeah. T Mac, mm. Vince Carter, and mm. Dwight Howard. Those four are the tweet that I'm seeing as who is the biggest snub. That's so that's think? tough. Wow. Well, if it wasn't for uh, all of his like headaches, I think Kyrie is the best of those four players by far. He's actually probably better than some of the guys who made it. He's better than Dame, even though Dame's a great shooter. Like Kyrie's is just like a better baller. However, yeah, like headaches uh, hold you back, I guess. So I'm not going to even consider Kyrie because I think he would actually have made the list if it wasn't for some of the antics. I think. I think I'm going to say the biggest snub is T-Mac. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, both Dwight and Vince had illustrious careers and they had very long careers. Like Dwight's still playing. Vince played for like 20 years or 20-something years. T-Mac at his best was the best, I think. Now, he probably is the – no, I don't think Vince ever – what was the farthest Vince went? East Conference Finals? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think it might have been second round. I don't know if he made a conference finals. Oh, the wow. infamous game where he uh, like came back from his graduation and then he missed the game-winning shot. I want to say that was in the second round, but um, I'm not right. like 100% positive on that. We'll do some research after the <laughs> – we'll look it up. Someone will probably be listening to this like, they're wrong. There's fucking <laughs> idiots. Um, but, yeah, 
they all had like similar success. Dwight Howard kind of ring chasing at the end of his career gets the ring with the Lakers. Um, he does have that one um, year with the the Magic where they do make it to the finals. Yeah, there was like ah, it's tough. It's it's just the the whole Dwight Howard thing's hard to like remember. Like, I always remember how he was like the most dominant big man in the league for like six years. But at the same time, he's been one of the biggest jokes in the league for like ten. Ah, yeah. I'm gonna go T Mac just because I like T Mac. I like his game the most of those three. I think that's fair. Um, my only thing is T Mac never really like got out of the first round of the playoffs legitimately. The only time he did, he was just a bench player injured on the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said, he was in the stacked Western Conference during the. Spurs and Lakers and Mavericks like peak years. So mm-hmm. I won't hold that like too much against him. I think you're right though at his peak talent wise like T Max probably the best out of all of them. Vince Carter played like longer than like anybody in history. So that's got to count for something, mm-hmm. but like half of his career he wasn't that good. <laughs> so <laughs> if you look at like the how many years he played, like 10 of them, he wasn't the true Vince Carter that we really like know. Pretty much as soon as he left the Nets is when he started being, like, 11th yeah. man on the team. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say, I'm getting some more, like, just live reactions here on Twitter as we're recording. Clay Thompson had a reaction. He posted a story saying, maybe I'm just naive in my ability to play basketball, but in my head I'm top te- top 75 of all time. I think that's a little ambitious for Clay. I love Clay Thompson, but he's not, like, an all-around, like, superstar the way that most of the names we read are. Uh, he's he, definitely a, a specialized top 75, like top three shooter of all time, probably, mm-hmm. which maybe that qualifies him as a top 75 player. I don't know. And also as a reaction about an hour ago, Paul Pierce to go off what we were talking about with the Lakers compared the current Lakers to the Carl Malone, Gary Payton Lakers. Yeah. Where they tried to, yeah, they tried to just throw together some old names and, Obviously, lost the distance. So oh, it I worked out a, a little bit. They got to the finals, but yeah, they lost. Yeah, but I think that's a pretty smart comparison for Paul Pierce, who normally says really dumb things. Yeah, but I've been feeling that way about like I felt that way about the Lakers last year too, when they were when they were like acquiring Andre Drummond and they were just getting all these random guys. I I don't know. It's something about the way that LeBron constructs teams around him. They don't look good. You look at them and you're like, that's just not going to be a good team. And then somehow yeah. they still make it to the finals. Yeah. I've never, like, I, I not since the Heat days have I looked at the LeBron team and I was like, this is a really solid team. Like, yeah. they've always they've always been successful, but I never initially had that thought. So it's it's kind of crazy what he can do with, with uh, random guys. Yeah. Well, we're going to watch some basketball. We're going to be talking more next week, probably – after a few games, so we'll re- we were recapping more. Uh, but thanks for listening to The Best is Net to Come. Um, have a great weekend, and let's hope those Nets win tomorrow, get their first win of the season against the Sixers. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.